0: I want to thank you um, for all of the encouragement and support that so many of you gave me in emails and phone calls and just talking to me um, about the message last week in the midst of this race and um, tension and race relations in America really, really means a lot. And then I came off the set last week and the staff team gathered around me and just gave me a big hug and just... We just praise God that we get to serve and love and lead a church that has a heart uh, to follow God's word in the midst of this kind of season and anytime, but particularly right now as we are dealing with a very hostile, volatile environment in our nation and I hope you're praying for our nation, but I just want to offer a few disclaimers to you as I continue with this theme today. Number one, and I think most of you know this, but we have a lot of new people checking us out right now. I don't teach on these subject matters because it's politically correct. I teach on these subject matters because it is biblically correct. You see, here's the deal. Since I was 18 years old, I started reading this book. And there's no way, and if you haven't done this, you ought to try it. There's no way you can read this book from start to finish without walking away from this book with an HD clarity on the fact that our God created this entire creation in a beautifully diverse way. And part of His redemptive plan for His people is to grow a church, a movement that beautifully represents God and His creativity. Secondly, our approach and posture should be one of humility and brokenness and contrition open ears such that we come alongside folks who have been persecuted or we come alongside our African American brothers and sisters who are hurting and we have the wisdom and the wherewithal to just shut up and listen to their journey a few clarifications from last Sunday because again I want to thank you for your support but it wasn't all good support. I have received my fair share of anger emails and, and folks walking out of the door. I was accused of saying that all white people are racist. That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. And so I went back and listened to the message and I tr- asked folks who I trust who also listened to the message. And I think that's a case of maybe selective. Hearing, I by no means believe that. I believe that there are unbelievable godly people in all ethnic groups. Second point of clarity. I'm not anti-police. I am pro-police. I thank God, and I would encourage you to, maybe you're so amped up over the unfortunate events of late that you find your heart harboring hatred toward cops. No, 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 no. I would encourage you with me to thank God for good, solid, upstanding policemen and women. In fact, I put it like this in my notes. No one wants a bad cop brought to justice more than a good cop. That's a really important thing to remember. I actually tried really hard. I've been working on this for a couple of weeks now. I tried really hard to have an officer up here with me today, but just due to, you know, the protest and the riots, uh, the chief just decided that was not a good idea right now. But we should thank God and we should pray for cops. I want to wrap up. Uh, this theme today, racism in America, by drawing your attention to Ephesians chapter two. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them to Ephesians chapter two. And um, we're going to start, actually I'm going to start in verse 1 for just a little bit. A lot of scripture, and uh, I don't know if you feel led to do this. You know we do this when we're on site, so you could do it at home if you wanted to. Um, Stand in honor of God's Word if you would like, wherever you are. But you don't have to, it's just a thought. Ephesians 1, verse 4. For he, that is God... Chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. Circle this next part. To the praise of his glorious grace. That's why God has redeemed us. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. That is Jesus. Verse 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reached their fulfillment. Now watch this next part. To bring, what's that word right there? To bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. Now skip over to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12. Watch this, this is amazing scripture. Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, You who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Verse 14. For he himself is our peace who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier. Watch this. The dividing wall of hostility by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose, this is so good. Don't miss this. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. Let's continue. And in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross. Praise his name. By which he put to death their hostility. He came. And he preached peace. Ah, I love this. He preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. I can just hear all of you saying amen. You might want to just type that into the comments. Amen. Jesus is the cornerstone of his church. Everything is built upon him. Amen. Look at verse 21. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Now, flip over to chapter 3. I told you there's a lot of scripture, but we're going to wrap it up with this. Look at verses 10 through 12 in chapter 3. His intent, so all that Paul has said so far in Ephesians 1 and 2 about the fact that Christ has taken and destroyed the dividing wall of hostility. He wants us to not be two humanities or three or four humanities based upon our skin color, but he wants us to be one new humanity. And then he gets to verse 10 and look at what he says. This is, this is amazing. His intent was that now through the Rotary club, no. Through politics, no. Through what? Through the church. The manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. Let's continue. According to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in him... And through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Praise his holy name. Now, the truth is, I could sit here all day long and we could read scripture. You can be seated. We could read scripture after scripture after scripture about the fact that God's heart is to see Us in all of our diversity coming together as one. And this is why it is so important that we understand that New Hope's passion, New Hope's biblical vision is to be a church that puts on display what it looks like to live in this new humanity. Now hear me out today as I get very, very practical. This is key. I am not just talking about all white churches. Bias and bigotry and racism can flow in all kinds of directions from all kinds of skin colors. Hear me closely. White people are not the only people who struggle with racism. We've just had a really bad historical record when it comes to this but it can be in various places. Number two, this is important. It's very common these days to have an all black church or an all Latino church or an all Korean church. And what I would say to you is that this book says, no, 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 and no again. God's vision is for us to come together As one under the one Lordship of Jesus Christ. If you like that, share that in the comments. Just just celebrate that. And that is why New Hope. What we have going on at New Hope Church is so stinking special. I really believe, and maybe this is why I have a deep sense of responsibility to teach on this particular issue. But I really believe... I really believe, as it says in Esther 4, I really believe that that we've been brought to this place. We've been planted as a church for such a time as this to really hold up a banner of oneness, of racial reconciliation for the world to see. Now, if that fires you up, let me just hear you type in praise the Lord or something. That is a part of New Hope's unique calling. We are here to reach, teach, and release people for Jesus. And part of that most definitely means putting on display that God and only God can allow us to lay aside our biases, our prejudices, our racism, our resentment, and truly live in peace and love and mutual respect for all people. But again, that was and that is God's original intent, his manifold wisdom being lived out in this church. All flavors, all stripes are image bearers of God. I saw, I saw a video not long ago that I just wanna share with you. You might've seen it online, but in a day like we are living in, we need some good visuals, do we not? We need, we need things to give us hope. And I've always believed that that racism is is taught. I I believe you can put children together and they'll show us how to live. In fact, Jesus said, unless you become like a little child, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. And unless a child gets taught racism and bias and bigotry, this is actually what we tend to see when we watch children. Watch this. this, this will bring a tear to your eye, watch this. now that's a visual for us is it not that is an image to show us the way in which God intended us to live together so the question becomes how do we start to get practical it's one thing if we just talk about all of this stuff So how do we start to to make some lifestyle choices, if you will, the right kind of lifestyle choices, so that we can be a part of God's redemptive plan on planet Earth? I'm going to give us just three, and they're simple, but they're profound, and so many people neglect to do them. We might call this application For living a multi-ethnic life. Because again, everybody celebrates the fact that we are a multi-ethnic church. One of the most racially diverse churches in the nation. But I want to start challenging you. Are you living a multi-ethnic life? It's one thing to come to church on Sundays when we used to come to church on Sundays. And we will come to church on Sundays again one day. And it's one thing to feel good about that and celebrate the fact that we're a part of that kind of church. But I'm praying, and this will be a part of the tipping point that I talked about last week. I'm praying that as we come through this season together, that we'll start to live multi-ethnic lives. Here's the first one. Smile and speak to people who have different skin color than you. It's so basic, but very few people do it. When I get out in the public, I notice that people kind of stay in their own lanes and they don't talk to people, especially people who have different skin colors. You have to, you have to stay awake. You have to stay aware of your surroundings and smile and speak to people. Say, hey, that's not much and smile. And otherwise, you might have a face mask on now, but if you don't smile, if you do, you know what I've discovered. You can smile and people can still see it in your eyes. Say, how are you doing? If you see somebody who needs a hand, offer to give them a hand. Watch this, Romans 12, 18, an amazing verse of scripture. If it is possible, as far as it depends on who? On you. If it is possible... As far as it depends on you, as far as it depends on me, live at peace with everyone. Starting today, I'm calling you to smile and speak at everyone you see who has a different skin color than you. You should also speak to those who have the same skin color as you. But I'm calling us to be more intentional. And watch this. You will be absolutely amazed at what happens to the atmosphere in that grocery store or in that pharmacy, or at that gas station, or at the bank, or whatever the case may be. God will just move and people then know, hey, I see you. You're important to me. Number two, intentionally pursue personal relationships with people different than you and break bread together. Ah. Intentionally pursue personal relationships with people different than you and then gather around a table somewhere and break bread. You know, that's also clear in scripture. There's something sacred about eating and uh, there's something sacred about lingering at a table. I believe a, a great meal together can become, and this will stretch some of you theologically, but can become sacramental as you're with people and the conversation happens and you're enjoying good food and drink and you're celebrating life, now start doing that more and more with people who don't look like you. You see, if we're not intentional, it's just human nature to operate in the flesh and gravitate towards people who are just like us. But if we're going to fulfill the vision of the New Testament, and we're going to be one with people who are different than us, then we have to be intentional to extend the invitation to build relationships. And there's no better way to do that, by the way, than in life groups together. And so we have virtual life groups now, and we have some groups that have already started meeting back together in person. I want to see our life groups become more and more and more diverse like our gatherings on Sunday. You can email lifegroups at newhopechurch.org. Very simple. Just email lifegroups at newhopechurch.org and we will work to get you into a life group of diversity. Let me ask you a few questions before I wrap up today with the third point. Have you ever asked a family with a different skin color To go to lunch with you after church. Maybe after you watch it online together. Go to lunch together. Have you ever invited a person of different color to your house for Thanksgiving or Christmas? Or for that matter, any nice evening occasion. Have you ever had a person of a different skin color spend the night at your house and sleep in one of your beds? Do your children have friends who have different skin color? Do you ever just ask, how is it to be black or brown in America? And then, do you have the wisdom to just be quiet and listen to them? And let them share their story? Let's not be content to just attend a multi-ethnic church. Come on now. Let's make sure we are living multi-ethnic lives. Number three, here we go. Invest in New Hope's mission and vision and invite all people to this unified diversity. Invest in New Hope's mission and invite all people to this unified diversity diversity. In other words, realize the uniqueness of what is going on here at New Hope Church and then get out of the grandstands and step on the playing field and join us in this divine calling that is upon this church. Just be a part of the solution. Share your content that we put out, share it on social media platforms, invite people to join us online, go back and grab the message I delivered last week or this message this week or both and share those in every way possible. The world desperately needs to hear this message. And when we move back on site, invite people to come with you because you gotta know this, some people have never ever seen a church like ours live together in mutual respect and love and honor. And again, join a multi-ethnic group. This is the biblical vision of God's church. One more time, Ephesians 3, 10 through 12. So you know I'm not making this up. His intent was that now through the church, The manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly realms. According to his eternal purpose that he has accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Hey, church, we're in a war. We're in a war. Kingdoms are clashing. The kingdom of light against the kingdom of darkness. Cities are at war. People are at war. Politicians are at war. We are all at war with a pandemic virus called COVID-19. We can forget about that if we're not careful. And we're in a war with a pandemic virus called racism. And if you know Jesus Christ, listen, you are in a war of epic proportions. There is a spiritual battle taking place. And this army that we are a part of is made up of people who are different from you, different from me. And we may have all come over here on different ships, but we are in the same boat now. And that boat has landed us on American soil where our history has been tattered and torn with racism. And what do you say we become a church that truly brings together all of God's people to the advancement of God's kingdom? Listen, there is only one way out of the battle, this war between the races, and that is through the power of God. The power of God manifesting itself in and through the church of Jesus Christ. And that is what I continue to call us to be about. It all comes back to what we believe and who we believe in. I've done my best the last two weeks to plant this biblical vision in your hearts and in your minds, but to plant this vision from the scriptures because what we believe is incredibly important. This is not just a man's opinion. This is not just something that that feels politically correct or whatever that is these days, right? But this comes from what you believe. Theology matters. And so I was thinking today that it would be really good if we end with the Apostles' Creed. You know, we ended last week in the Lord's Prayer together, and I heard so many comments about that. As we're scattered in all of these different places, we feel disconnected, and yet when we can stand and declare something together, we can feel connected. So again, I would encourage you to stand where you are, and you can do it while you're sitting, but I want us to stand and... Wherever you are, I want you to say this out loud with me. This is the historic Apostles' Creed that was written in the early church as they were declaring and solidifying their theology. Here we go. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. And the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen and amen. Hey, let's pray together before we continue in worship today. Father, thank you. For this creed that reminds us of what we believe. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Father, thank you for the church. And thank you that Ephesians 1, 2, and 3 is so crystal clear, oh God. That you have painted this beautiful picture of what it looks like to be your people. And Father, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart that you have grown exactly that for 18 years now. And Father, as we make it through this very trying season where we see violence and hatred and murder, God, would you put that same vision in our hearts and our minds, God, that we would pursue this this heavenly portrait of what it looks like to, to bring heaven to earth to advance your kingdom and put on display your reckless love for all people God thank you for those who are joining today would you bless this church would you bless your church universal God would we all get on the front lines of this biblical vision Father I'm just crazy enough to believe that if we do the world will take notice I'm just crazy enough to believe, oh God, that if the world looked around and it saw the church with such contagious love and passion and commitment to all ethnic groups, and they saw that by you and in you and through you that we have truly become one humanity. God, I believe it would turn their heads. I believe our witness would be so powerful. I believe we couldn't keep people away from the church because they will know deep inside that something incredibly special is happening in your church. Father, keep letting it be so here, but I pray it would spread like wildfire across your church universal, your Catholic church, not Roman Catholic church, your universal Catholic church, capital C church oh God, that we would be your people, that we would reflect your glory and your diversity. And we pray it all in the mighty name of Jesus and all of God's people, wherever you are, declared together, amen.